0: Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's word. The gospel according to Mark. Written by John Mark, who was Peter's amanuensis. These are the stories of Peter told to John Mark. And he them for Peter. Mark 11, find verse 20. And I'm going to um, pick up on a message that I began on Wednesday, and I'm going to do part two today. Um, We are God's plan, part two. If you were not here Wednesday, you'll want to go ahead and avail yourself to that because it is a powerful powerful message that will change your life. And in actual fact, if you hear what I'm about to preach to you, it will change your life. We're not here to fulfill religious obligation. I'm here to equip you, train you, and move you into the plan that God has, not only corporately as a body of believers here, but individually in your own home, in your marriage, in your family, in your own finances, in your emotions. God wants to do miracles for you. Mark 11, verse 20 through verse 25 Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered them and said, have faith in God. Everybody say that, have faith in God. And actually, in the the Greek, the way that really is, is have faith of God, not in God, have faith the faith of God. God's faith doesn't grow, that's the gift of faith. Verse 23, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. See, some of you got some stuff all jacked up in your life because you're saying the wrong thing. Verse 24, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Move in power. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. I don't have notes for you on purpose to give me the freedom to say whatever I want. Sometimes I feel hemmed in by Sometimes I feel hemmed in by my notes and then obligated, and then those who struggle with OCD get really freaked out if I don't fill in all the notes, and so I just decided to set you free, be free, to take whatever notes you want, and uh, you, don't have to fill in the, you don't have to fill in the blanks, uh, but I hope that you would take notes. The message that I'm going to preach to you here in these next moments as they start my clock or catch it up to where it should be, thank you so much. Is, is transformational. It, it'll change you. And, and it's, how, it's how we do have done and will do everything that we have done and will do. What you see around you in the amazing facility that's up there, the 73,000 square foot facility that will be done with shouts of grace, grace, and then it'll be paid off in the next three to five years. We're funded, so we're just going for payoff now, right? I'm just reminding you. All of that happens by faith. Everything happens. If it's gonna happen in the earth, God has to find somebody to agree with his word and then walk it out. God has to, God's looking for someone. It says in Chronicles, his eyes go to and fro, searching for a man, searching, when it says man, and when I say God's plan as a man is mankind, searching for a man, searching for a woman whose heart is steadfast towards him, that he might strengthen them. Is there anybody whose heart is steadfast towards the Lord? All right, and, and I'm believing that more and more, if there's anything in us that is not steadfast, may God expose it so we could repent. Come on, somebody. All right, The context of this, uh, the context of this passage, and it's a very familiar passage, the fig tree is a picture of Israel. The fig tree is a picture of Israel, and if you read in the earlier verses, Jesus is on his way, and there's no fruit. There's no fruit on the fig tree. And it's a picture that Israel has no fruit. They didn't believe him. They didn't believe that he was the Messiah. They didn't believe that he was the chosen one. They didn't believe that Jesus was the anointed one. And they rejected him. They spurned him. He was a man of sorrows. And eventually they crucified him, not knowing they were bringing about the fulfillment of over 300 different Old Testament scriptures. Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Come on, someone say hallelujah. So they didn't know that, but this picture of the fig tree and throughout Old Testament and as well now in the new fig tree is a picture of Israel. And so there's no, there's no figs on it. And Jesus goes to get something and he curses it. Let me just say, before we get into the the nuts and bolts of this, is that God's looking for fruit. He's looking for fruit in your life. He's looking for fruit in my life. God's plan is always to grow and increase. Increase is a byproduct of the kingdom. So, God wants to increase you and influence, increase you in every way. God wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Sons and daughters have prophesied. God wants to bring you to a place that you've never been. We go from glory to glory. When you study the word of God, you'll see that God doesn't ever just do things and not cause it to grow. It starts as a mustard seed, but then it grows so much that birds can land on mustard seeds that becomes a plant. So, God's always calling us to grow. He comes into the temple prior to this, and and the temple is supposed to be a place of prayer, but it's not. It's a place of merchandise. And we never want to become that. We never want to become a place. that's all about just hanging out and merch and you know. It's about my house is a house of prayer. So he he gets rather upset about that. How many of you know the Lord gets upset over things? And He gives us, curses of fig tree, and he gives us incredible scripture that is a formula. And I want you to find verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now the The King James, I believe, says whatsoever things you desire. Everybody say desire. Okay. So if God's going to do something on the earth, now desire, hope, faith, dreams, they're all synonymous. You know what the word synonymous means? They mean the same thing. I mean, you could define them and look them up in Webster's Dictionary. But in the kingdom, God gives us the desires of our heart as we delight ourselves in him. The the desire, how many of you know he's not going to give you a desire that he wouldn't approve of? So sometimes we have desires that are not of God, fleshly desires, we'll talk about that in a minute. But there are desires that God gives and when he gives them, if we'll believe, if we'll pray and believe what sort of things we desire when we pray, it, it shall, and not doubt, it shall be accomplished and uh, it shall be fulfilled, it'll be done. And Esther Morocco, who is Dr. James Morocco's mother, had a, 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 uh, an equation in her Bible in the inside leaf of her Bible that says desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. And I, you've heard me preach it before. I'm going to say it to you again. And if you've got it, why don't you repeat it with me? Desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. And that is the recipe of that verse. So if you, how many of you want to see breakthrough? How many of you want to see your dreams come to pass? How many of you want to see miracles? How many of you want to see God's kingdom poured out in your family, in your marriage, in your life, in your church, in our nation? How many of you want to see that? Good. God, where do you think those desires come from? They come from God. But there are, as I said, two different kinds of desires. One is the fallen human desire, and the other one is a desire birthed out of intimacy with God. This is how God works. He gives somebody a desire. And then they pray and they believe and then desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. Let me give you some scripture here. Fallen human desire, Romans 8, 5. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is peace that 's talking about the two different kinds of desire there 's a fallen desire then there 's desires that, that come from god, and there 's two different kinds proverbs eleven twenty three The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath proverbs ten twenty four the fear of the wicked will come upon him, and the desire of the righteous will be granted James in James chapter one and verse 13, listen to this. When tempted, no one should say God's tempting me for, we cannot, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person, now listen closely because what this is gonna do is it's gonna give a recipe for how to backslide. But it's also, the converse of it is true, it gives a recipe for miracles. Watch this. James one and verse 14, but each person is tempted and dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full-blown, it gives birth to death. So if you were to flip that, but each person uh, will be blessed by God as their good desires, and they, they pray that desire, when conceived, will give birth to not sin, but life. It's to flip. You need to understand that God's plan is a man, a mankind. God has to look for, I know some of you don't believe me, so go to Genesis 15. No, no, praise God. <laughs> Genesis 15 and verse five, and uh, this is picking up from Wednesday. So the, the story here is Abram, he's not yet Abraham. God comes to him, they're, they're talking, comes to him in a vision, Genesis 15, verse one. And Abram says, um, I've, got no, I've got no offspring, so... <laughs> So everything I have is going to Eleazar, who is his servant. And the Lord says, no. And Abram's like, yeah. And he's like, no. And then in Genesis 15, can we put that up? Genesis 15, five, would you put that up, please? He brought him outside and he said, look now. This word right here, look now. How many of you know Hebrew again? Pardon me, Old Testament is in Hebrew. New Testament is in Greek except for a small section in the book of Daniel, which is Aramaic. So this is Hebrew. So when we say, look now, there's a couple different versions. The version that you have, there's 26 different versions of the Bible, and there are some that you should burn. Like the New World Translation, like the Book of Mormon. There's no extra, extra books. And there's lots of debate about that. If you're really into that, the pages in the parchment by F.F. Bruce, go study that, read that. That'll bless you you can get through the chapters of his staggering intellect and you're into studying why the word of God is the word of God. F.F. Bruce, the pages in the parchment. So so when we say look now, if you have the NIV, it says something different. I don't know who's got the NIV. Anybody got an NIV up in here? How many of you have a Bible? Good, all eight of you. Praise the Lord, so glad. The NIV, he took him outside and said look up Look now is another way to say it. There's different ways. The Hebrew word is na. Na, that was how we would, the transliteration of that would be nah, na, N-A, na. And it's, it's profound to me. So while you're an Abraham, would you help me for a minute? So if Abraham is arguing with God, I'll play God for just a second. In this illustration, <laughs> she's moving away. Did you do something bad? <laughs> oh, you better repent. So, so Abraham, Abram says that I don't have any children, and the Lord says, "Okay, okay." And it, it's almost to me like the Lord's like, "Dude, I, I've told you, I've told you, but nah." It, please, please, Abram, would you would you please come? And it's like God is begging. It's it's it's. It's a submissive way. It's like God is submitting himself saying, would you please, would you please just come outside? And Abram's like, okay. And he brings him outside and he says, now look up. But the picture is, please, Abraham, because if you can't see what I'm about to show you, then I got to pick somebody else. Abram, if you can't look up and see, please, would you please, would you please have faith? Would you please? see all these stars, more numerable will your descendants be than all this. Please, Abraham, please, do do you see the stars? Can you count them? No. More numerable will the stars be, that more numerable will your descendants be than the stars. That is a great word. Put your hands together for Abram. (laughs) And so what's profound to me is that God, omnipotent, almighty, omniscient God comes to a man and says, dude, please, for God's sake, for my own sake, would you please? Why would he do that? Without getting into, justif- uh, uh, without getting into jurisdictional understandings and, and Adam forfeiting the title deed of the earth, to understand that God looks for somebody to move through he partners with man. And he said, well, that, that that's crazy. It is crazy. What's crazy? Why would God do that? Because you're important to his plan. And if God's gonna build a 73,000 square feet fa- facility, if God's gonna pour out his spirit in the nation, he has to find somebody. He has to find a Noah. He has to find an Abram, who later is ch- his name's changed to Abraham, and he still doesn't have kids. Abraham means father of many. So as he would come into... You know, hey, what's your name? Oh, my name's Father of Many. No kidding. Oh, yeah, my name's Father of Many. Well, where are your kids? My name's Father of Many. <laughs> and uh, here, look up at the sky. Let me show you. <laughs> Vision, hope, dreams desires, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you, that you will have them, and not doubt, and it shall be more numerous than the stars. Are you understanding? It is the way that God works. Word, event, word. God speaks to a, I mean, just pick any, pick any, pick any patriarch, pick, pick any New Testament apostle, pick anyone in Scripture, because the same thing is true with all of them. He talks to a Moses, At the burning bush, Moses becomes a deliverer. He speaks to Moses. Moses goes, and he continues to speak, and he defeats the strongest nation in the world. and comes back to the mountain. Word, event, word. That is how God moves. He speaks to a Joseph and gives him dreams. Why would he give Joseph dreams? Because he's partnering with you. You're made in God's image. You're made in God's likeness, and he wants to partner. He wants to co-labor with you. Come on, you are his, his plan, his method. You're like, man, I don't like that. Some of you are like, yes. Others of you are like, no, because that means I have responsibility. Exactly. And most people don't want responsibility. What sort of things you believe? That means if you're not going to believe, if you're not going to dream, to the degree that you have vision, to the degree that you have a dream, to the degree that God releases his hope in your heart, is the degree that faith is released, is the degree that it comes to pass. And the battle over life and fulfilling the plan of God comes down to that. And if I could somehow this morning, in the moments that remain, fire you up to believe a dream from God, and that would then release faith, and then we would deal with the doubt there would be miracles in your family, miracles of provision, miracles of healing, Miracles of salvation, miracle breakthrough, vision, dreams coming to pass. Come on, someone say hallelujah. Can you say a better hallelujah? For I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord, Jeremiah 29 and 11. God has plans. Before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knit you together. My, my, my. I called you to be a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah wanted to die. Desire. Desire born out of intimacy with God. Abram had a vision from the Lord. That vision, the seeing the stars. And God saying to him, would you please, Abram, would you please just look? That's what God says to you today. That's what God says to kings all around the world. Would you please open your eyes? Come away, come out, get out of there. Get out of here and go to there. Get, get out of the place of myopic. What am I going to do? I don't have any food. I don't have any. Stop. Even the pagans worry about such things. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His way of being and doing right. That's a, the um, amplified version. His way of being and doing right. And all of these things will be added. Desire, Faith. Prayer, vision is birthed out of, uh, pardon me, desire, hopes, vision is birthed out of intimacy with God in prayer. That's where it starts. That's where it starts and really that's where it finishes too. You you have to be in a place of prayer. God desires, God's desires become your desires. It used to be when I first came to the Lord that I wanted all kinds of ungodly desires and I mixed those up because I felt like those were good and I want that. But then as you get closer to the Lord and as you, I'm I'm hoping to grow up one day, amen. I'm beginning to mature, I think. I feel like I'm graduating high school in the spirit or something. As as I'm told, as you mature in the Lord, that your desires become his. And if you were to talk to somebody who's walked with the Lord for a long period of time in faith, I don't mean like half-hearted, you know, with pornography on the side. I'm not talking about, you know, li- doing whatever they want and calling themselves a Christian and going to church. I mean, the D- D- pews in church right now. There's chairs that are here. There's some people that just come like a chair. Here they are. They come to church. I, mean, I don't think the chair is getting much out of this morning. I mean, may have, maybe haven't looked up from your device as you're looking for how many likers you have. But there'll be people that'll hear what I'm saying and all of a sudden vision and faith begins to burn. God can do anything through you, anything. He can do any, come on, how many of you say it? Say it with me. God can do anything. He can do anything. He can do it all. Yeah. But he has to find somebody to believe him. He has to find somebody. Why? I should probably preach part three on why that is. It's amazing to me that God of creation would limit himself to us on a certain level. Don't take it too far. Come on, lift your hands to heaven and say, God, give me fresh vision. Dream again, the Lord would say to you. Dream again. Dream again. John, 1 John 3 and 22. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, we have confidence towards God. Verse 22. And whatever you ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. In other words, you're not gonna ask for something that's outside the will of God. So if it is the will of God, you begin to ask for that, guess what happens? It happens, it's manifested. Psalm 37 we'll read eventually, but, but what a powerful Psalm, Psalm 37 is, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight thyself with the Lord. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him and everything. Be still, wait patiently for him and he will bring it to pass. He said, that's kind of supernatural. Oh, it's super, super supernatural. But it's crazy that we have responsibility in it. Desire, vision, dreams, hopes are the seedbed of miracles. And if you've been here for any length of time, you've heard you've heard how we you know we didn't have any land and we needed land and God miraculously gave us land. Then we didn't have any money and God miraculously gave us money. Then we then we didn't have anybody to build it and God miraculously bought Noah and his wife. <laughs> and then we didn't have any money, we believed God and God gave us money again. And we had all kinds of obstacles. We believed, we prayed, we fasted, and God, boom, removed the obstacles over and over and over and over and over and over. There's too many miracles. That's just talking about a building. It's not about a building, it's about people. It's about, it's about you coming to understand that Abraham was a man just like you. That it's you coming to understand with Elijah, with a nature just like ours, James said. He prayed and the heavens were shut up by the word of the Lord. He prayed again three and a half years later and the heavens were were open. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you shall have them and you will desire plus faith minus doubt equals a miracle. How many of you want to be a miracle? You might not raise your hand, but the truth is that every single person's spiritual DNA in here, you want to see. Why do you think the entertainment business has exploded? Because people like seeing this crazy stuff on TV. And now we have gazillion inch TVs with ultra high def, so high def that it's like more high def than your own vision. It almost makes you throw up. all the explosions and all the incredible cinematic effects Hollywood has captured the hearts of people through cinematic wonders when God has called you and I to be people that actually bring real ones and the reason that real ones aren't manifested are manifested is simply because God's got to get somebody to believe he's got to get somebody to have vision Just regular, if you if you just want to be a regular, I can't even say it that way. It's just. Listen, that is regular Christianity. Thank you for rebuking me. Pastor Karen on the front. Regular Christianity, real Christianity is signs, wonders, miracles, breakthrough. Somebody say, I'm praying for breakthrough. Understand, you are breakthrough. Breakthrough lives on the inside of you, and we need to pray and agree, and it's, it's fascinating that it takes a team of people. Every vision, every dream, every hope that comes from God requires a team. It's never one person, although there are, Gethsemane moments when you're there and you're wondering if you're going to make it through the night, and you called your friends to pray with you, and they're asleep, there are moments like that, but mostly we do things together in Covenant. What do you want? What do you want? Now, your wants, your desires have to line up with God's word to see this kind of thing happen. You, if you go, I want my, my ex husband to get killed because I'm just so sick of him. Hey, now, that, that's not from the Lord. <laughs> that would be your fallen, your fallen desires. You don't know what he's done to me. No, I don't, but he'll stand before the judge of all, so don't worry. Pray, believe God. Set up boundaries for your ex-husband or whoever you, ex, whatever the problem is. What do you want? Faith. So it's desire, godly desires, plus faith. Faith is the action you take on the way to your hope. So, here we go. Here I am. My hope is that I'm going to be able to sit in that chair, right there. Oh, God, help me. Help me to get to the chair. Help me to leave here and get there. In Jesus' name. Faith is the action you take. I'm not praying in tongues, that's the soundtrack from Steve Austin and the uh, the sixteen million dollar man or whatever. Sixty? That was a lot of money back then. That is tongues. Okay, yeah, And I'm I move. <laughs> Faith is the action that you take to get to your hope, to get to your dream, to get to, to the there, to get to the place, and then, and then you're sitting in it. I don't have to have faith to see our building put up. Why? Because it is. It is. In fact, where we're, where we're at is that it's going to be finished. It's done already. It's already done. I'll tell you what I have faith for now. Three to five years, whole thing paid off. That's where I, that, how, how are you going to do it? I'm going to give, I'm going to fast, I'm going to pray, I'm going to preach, I'm going to prophesy, I'm going to lay hands on the sick, we're going to reach the community, we're going to do outreaches, we're going to touch this state for the glory of God, we're going to plant churches everywhere they that go. That's where my faith is at. I don't have to have faith for steel. Steel's up. It's that Once you can see it, you don't have to have faith for it to happen. Is anybody getting anything? Faith is standing on what God says. What did God say? That is the question. What did God say? Because what he said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. God is obligated to stand over his word to see it performed. And and I know what God said. I'll just use our building because it's fresh and new. I know what God said about that. And I stood there and reminded him of it. When we had nothing, when it was impossible, I was just shaking the stuff off like, no, we're not gonna die. No, we're gonna make it. No, we're not gonna embarrass, embarrass the kingdom. You said, God, that you would do it. You said you'd build your church so the gates of hell will not prevail. Lord, you said, and I just would remind him. And, and for me and my personality type, you know, some of you can whisper. And th- th- it's not about voice volume. But for me, the way that I'm wired up, I just get a little crazy, spit a little bit. It's just kind of how I am. And if you're, if you're just got that, you know, you don't have to yell to cast out a devil. You just have faith and authority and know the authority that you have. But I like yelling at devils. So that's just kind of how I am. I lost my voice once, uh, more than once. And I had to do some meetings and there was deliverance ministry going on. And I'm like, Lord, what am I gonna do? He said, just whisper. Okay. I command you in the name of Jesus. Come out. Boom! People getting set free left and right. I think I just saw some people get set free just now. All right, let me let me let me tell you how to deal with doubt in the in the next few moments. And I'm gonna hear that. We're gonna close with that, all right? All right. <laughs> my name on it. My name. How to deal insight into doubt doubt, insight into doubt. Doubt is a divided heart. If you like, okay, desire. We got that. Desire, right? Not fleshly desire, godly desires, and the closer you get to him, the more you want his desire for your life. God, not your death of your hoodman. God's desire, right? Okay, desire plus faith. We talked about faith, very simple. Faith is what you do on the way to your hope. It's action that you take in Jesus' name moving forward. It all depends on what God said. Faith and presumption stand on what God said when he said it. Presumption is assuming that God's going to bless you, assuming that his word means this and that, and then moving forward. You have to know that you know that you know that you know that God has spoken to you through his word, through a vision, through a dream, through a prophetic. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to get dreams, hopes, prophetically. You can have a dream, you can hope, but you hope, you can have vision. Uh, you can, you can, it can be imparted to you, hang out with visionaries. You start dreaming, I was just in Oregon and hanging out with the Reynolds. They built this amazing river house. I mean, it's amazing. It's miraculous. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at properties by the river right now. I think that'd be kind of cool. What made me do that? I was next to people that built a the house. They couldn't build it. They didn't have two nickels to do it. I think it like, I wouldn't mind a river house. Lord, I just feel like, well, I'll just start looking. That's faith. I wouldn't mind forty acres in a cabin with an airstrip. I'd like to plant thousands of churches. Come on, desire can put it. I just started looking. I just and I thought, you know what? Maybe I can build my own house. And the Lord's like, no, don't do that. I'm like, okay. Remember the chicken coop? He says. All right. Desire, plus faith, minus doubt. Let's deal with doubt quickly. I just got a couple minutes, and we're done. Doubt is a divided heart. Doubt is the place between unbelief and faith. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, did the Lord say, "God, is this is going to happen"? Oh, you could get your neck out there like a turkey at Thanksgiving. How do we doubt? We, how, how, write some of these things down. How we doubt. We forget to fight. We forget to fight. If you forget to fight, you're going to have to wage a good warfare of the prophetic word spoken over you. It doesn't just happen. If it just happened, then it would just happen. That's not how it is. God partners with you. You're his plan. We have a distorted picture of God, number two. One, we forget to fight. Two, we have a distorted picture of God. Well, if you think of God as like an, a child abuser or something, like, well, he loves me, but you know, not that much, and he doesn't really want to do that thing for us. That's, that's for other people, that's for the Noahs, that's for the Abrahams of the world. You need to change your name. You know what, if you're a Christian, you know what Christian means? Christian means Christ like. He raised the dead, he healed the sick, he set the captives free. And the last time I read in my Bible, these signs will follow them that believe. Believe them that believe, not them that doubt, them that believe. We have a whole congregation of, and I, when I say congregation, uh, I mean, the body of Christ is filled with unbelieving believers. They believe for salvation. I think it's great. But then they don't believe for miracle signs and wonders. And if you were just supposed to be saved, and if you haven't been, I'll give you the opportunity in a moment. If you were just supposed to be saved, you'd drop dead and go straight to heaven. But here we are. God leaves us here because why? We are his plan. A distorted picture of God will mess you up. Our foundation of faith is weak. You know, some of you want it all right now. Can't be faithful to church, can't be faithful to your wife, can't be, I mean, seriously, like seriously, you don't, you don't know the word? If you don't know the word, come on, you, you, your faith, faith will grow, and there's a gift of faith that God can just deposit. It's a supernatural gift of faith. That's not the kind that grows. It's God's faith, and he can drop that on your heart. But then there's a the faith that grows. My faith has been growing for years, and, and so has yours. And together as a congregation, we wanted to be where we were at 10 years ago. Guess what? We weren't ready. Oh, I'm going to make it even more ugly. I wasn't ready. Our team wasn't ready. My staff wasn't ready. Are you ready now? We're working on it. We're at the place that we're at, and we're going to continue to grow and improve and grow in faith and excellence. Come on, somebody. Right, so some of you want the big jelly donut, but you're not willing to make the dough. Not willing to go, you know, buy the oil to fry the dough in. Not willing to go get the jelly. I'm getting stumbled right now. <laughs> Many people have never made a real commitment. That's another reason. They never really committed. They can't be committed to, uh, can I have keys, please? But uh, this, I want the same thing that you had. No, 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 no I want that. Please. I've got like eight more pages and it's so good. We should probably just do part three. Let me slap on commitment and then I'll be done. If you look at Elijah and Elisha, you'll see, and I I just preached it not long ago, you you see that he burned, he killed the 12 yoke of oxen and he burned all the farming implements. How many of you know this text? He was a farmer. So it's like the Spanish conquistadors, they, they burn their ships. They burn their ships so they're not going back to Spain. they like, everybody stands on the beach and they watch the ships burn. Well, welcome to Florida. We're going to stay here now. We live here now. This is our new home. Because there's no going home. There's no plan B. There's plan A. Burn your canoe. Commit. Many people don't walk in this level of breakthrough because they're not willing to really commit. That means putting your phone down, putting your phone up. That means turning the turning the bump and grind music off and listening to worship maybe and getting a little close to God. That means taking care of your wife. It means tithing. It means obeying God's word. It means doing what what God wants you to do, not what your flesh wants you to do. It gets it. if you're going to be used by God to change the world, and I'm telling you, you have been chosen. You've been chosen. John 15, I've chosen you and I've appointed you to bear forth fruit and fruit that remains part from me, you can do nothing. But when we pair with him, when we part, when we connect with him, when we're in covenant with him, and we're committed, and we don't look back and become a pillar of salt like Lot's wife, some of you constantly looking back, constantly looking back at the graveyard. Oh man, that was a, stop. Move forward and be the new creation that God's called you to be. Quit looking back. Be committed. Burn, torch, and have a giant barbecue with the 12 yoke of oxen. Don't have plan B, plan C plan, have plan A, commit. Many people, many people never walk into the fullness of what God has, of the dream, the desire, the hope, the vision, because they don't commit. And I see it over and over and over. For me, when I lost my 50, it was like 60, almost 70 pounds, something like that, then I gained a bunch back. But I did a very unique thing. I was told, burn the canoe. Mon- Pastor Monica Zinger said it to me. It stucked it in my head. When you lose all your weight, get rid of all your clothes. I thought, no, we ain't doing that. No way. I got some of my favorite suits up in there. Man, I, I like suits, and I like those ones, and they're expensive. Those ones. That was a gift from Pastor Phil. Oh, Phil Morocco gave me that. I, I'm going to get rid of that suit. I lost the weight. I don't like it here. It was burn the canoe, burn the canoe, burn the canoe. I'm like, ugh. I got rid of my clothes. And then I started getting big. Mm-hmm. Started getting big and sassy. Actually, I was big, she was sassy, amen. (laughs) And then there came a point where it was like, started feeling like a sausage casing, yeah. yeah. Started feeling all fat and slow. In my mind, I thought, no, it's okay. Come on, 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 come on. What's the big deal? And I kept getting in my suits. My suit kept getting smaller, and my clothes kept getting smaller. Then I ripped two pairs of pants. Just stem to stern, ripped those things straight up. It was—I had to wear a cloth around my waist. I was in a service, and I had to tie one of these things around my waist to hide. To hide. And. Pastor Karen, as I was getting the fourth helping and having, you know, brownie, just eating everything. You you might be able to eat everything. I can't. I'm not supposed to. By the Lord. I just had a slow backslide. And and the Lord's like, through Pastor Karen, you're going to have another helping? So finally, after we got through the holidays. (laughs) I still never bought new clothes, but if I was going to continue to get big, I then had to make a decision that my commitment is now over and I'm making a choice to get big. If you're convicted, that's between you and Jesus. I'm just telling you how it is for me. Commit, we'll do part three. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, You can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.